Hi, Steve. Hi, Michael. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. So, uh, an interesting thing just happened on uh, MSNBC, which is that they actually started talking about exactly what I want to talk about, which is uh, uh, the uh, synchronicity of the Democratic uh, primary campaign and uh, the impeachment. Yes. So, are you prepared to discuss this? I'm completely ignorant, but so of course I'm prepared. Excellent. Uh, so speaking for uh, ignorance uh, everywhere, uh, I think we can agree that um, the situation with the uh, John Bolton uh, push to uh, be a witness has, I, I, you know, we won't know by the time whoever it is who listens to this listens to it, including us, uh, we may know what happened. But I think that uh, what we won't know, at least for a week, is what happens in the uh, Iowa caucuses and the following week in New Hampshire. Well, uh, something has already happened with Bolton. Um, whether or not he comes in to testify, a huge thing happened. Um, you know, the, um, a, a, a number of senators after uh, today's session, uh, went to C-SPAN for a gaggle, and they were completely unprepared to handle all the questions about Bolton. Just the fact that uh, Bolton's story is out, whether it's out under oath and whether it's out on camera, uh, has completely overwhelmed whatever presentation the Trump lawyers were making today, because the, just Bolton, Bolton, Bolton has been going off in people's heads. So what's that about? What is it about? Well, for, for the Republicans, um, there was a Bram Hall cartoon in the, um, in the Daily News last week that really nailed the Republican uh, position. And it was a jury box filled with elephants wearing blindfolds. And the caption was, if the blindfold fits, we must acquit. I don't, uh, I, I, it's funny. I don't know why, but the, that's always true for me with uh, good jokes. It, well, it, it's funny because everybody realizes that everybody knows what the story is. And the Republicans who are disinclined to break with Trump are looking for whatever bridge over the morass they can walk on. And, and Bolton, through that leak, wherever it came from, kind of knocked out the bridge and now they have to go through the morass to get to the other side. Uh, there's no clean way that they can vote to acquit. Well, I think that uh, that's what the linkage is for me, is that not what that implies for uh, the impeachment trial, which, of course, will end with an acquittal, but rather whether or not uh, there will be this... Uh, ability to use impeachment as a mechanism to be able to force uh, a stonewalling executive branch to be able to uh, be checked at least on one subject, namely uh, fairness and uh, uh, the concept of a trial. Yes, and that's one issue. Uh, whether the executive is completely uncheckable um, and is euphemistically a strong executive, uh, a solitary executive, 
um, a dictatorial executive is what I would perceive it as. So that's one, one branch of it. But, you know, there's the other branch. Uh, Bondi, Pam Bondi, um, spent uh, her session trying to throw as much mud at Hunter Biden as possible. And ironically, that's just continuing in the well of the Senate, the program that Trump is being impeached for, trying to get it done in Ukraine. I don't, I, I don't think that's ironic. I think that's coincidental. Just kidding. Okay. So, uh, you know, the question is, are they able to throw any mud that sticks to Joe Biden? Uh, and that takes us back to the other question you raised, which is the upcoming primaries. Right. So we've got uh, Bernie Sanders apparently uh, coming on strong. Uh, we've got uh, some degree of movement on the part of the, uh, uh, the other contenders. It seems like uh, Warren is uh, not doing well, uh, that uh, Buttigieg, although he's not doing great, he seems to be holding his own uh, possibly coming in second in one or both of those, uh, you know, early states. And, uh, and then we've got, you know, this issue of uh, damaging Biden uh, electorally. Yes. Uh, and I think that that brings into, into play the whole uh, uh, Bloomberg uh, boomlet, uh, right. potentially, down the road. Yes. Um, I don't know if you saw the spot that, uh, that the Biden folks put out. Uh, it was either too clever by half or very cynical. Um, it was a biographical spot which talked about that horrible auto accident which killed his wife and his daughter. And the message of the spot was that that, that trauma caused him to embrace his two sons and pour all his energy into his two sons. Um, and they put that spot out as a shield. I don't know how much uh, media buy they have behind it, but it was, a, it was an effective and or cynical ploy to say, come on, don't, don't bring up Biden's sons. Look what he went through. Look at the bond he has with them. It's not yeah. a corrupt bond. It's a, yeah. familiar, a familial bond. I, I think that's a fairly weak uh, strategy. I mean, I think what people are looking for uh, with any of these candidates is somebody who can take it to Trump. And, uh, you know, if if that's Biden's uh, response, it's basically like, yeah, but, you know, I've had enough trouble already, so give me a break. Well, most and, of his message is Trump's not going to do that. I say mo most of his message is taking it to Trump. He's been very strong taking it to Trump. But this was just uh, one piece that they put out, which I think was meant to put up a, a, a shield against what they knew was coming from the Senate and the Trump lawyers. Well, I, I guess the, the thing that I find interesting going down the road is, I mean, we're, it's not our job to predict, uh, even if it were, I don't think that we would do a particularly good job because so much is in flux. But d definitely what has happened is, is that the, uh, you know, somebody from the uh, hardcore right, John Bolton, has successfully uh, turned uh, everything upside down. Yes. Uh, and, you know, it, it seemed pretty clear as of late 
yesterday before the full impact of the New York Times article uh, was uh, assessed that uh, the, the Republicans were going to get away with uh, not just acquitting, but also rejecting any f further uh, discussion or witnesses or documents. So yes. uh, up, up, up until up until that article was posted, I think you're right. Um, that that article started to ripple through the the world very quickly and very powerfully. Yeah. So uh, I think that that speaks to uh, something else that's going on here, which is the the way that the this isn't really a media led revolution, if you will. This is something that's on the cusp of social media. What's going on here? Uh, you know, there's been a lot of bad mouthing of social media around, uh, you know, justifiably around what Facebook has, uh, you know, done with their imperative to just be as big as possible. Thank you. Uh, we're done. Uh, and also on some of the ineptitude of some of the other competitors. I don't think that what uh, Twitter has done, I thought that they were smart to to basically ban political advertising, but then they were kind of rolled that back and muddied it a bit. So uh, effectively uh, reducing their capital for uh, having an effect on, uh, on Facebook. So I, I think there's a political battle that's going on among the tech people uh, and a, a tech battle going on among the political people. I guess it would be the way that I would describe it. Does that resonate for you at all? Uh, a, a little bit. You know, we, we tend to throw the words social media out as some kind of monolith or um, uh, a hom homogeneous slurry. But, but actually, uh, especially on Twitter, but even on Facebook, there are layers and silos uh, all through it. So that um, at the same time that they become platforms for disseminating a lot of lies widely, uh, either anonymously by, uh, by bots or by malign actors or by uh, dupes. There are also uh, ways in which the responsible people in the media uh, amplify their stories and communicate and comment on each other's stories. Yeah, I, I really don't think it's a coincidence that first we saw the Parnas story uh, and then we see the Parnas documents, uh, and then we see the, the Bolton uh, story, and then the Bolton document. In other words, this was done in December. Uh, right. this, this version of, the, of what he's going to say has been out there for quite some time. It, well, it, in there anyway. Well, it had, well, didn't get out until last night, but it, it, got, over, it got over to the uh, White House for vetting. Uh, on December 30th. Right. And, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it was the White House that leaked it, uh, you know, based on that, uh, uh, the theory that uh, uh, if it's bad, get it out fast and then wait for the news cycle to uh, roll through a couple of times and then we're done. But even the White House is not a monolith, um, as we've seen with all the leaking um, and the and and the books with uh, blind quotes within the White House, even with all the um, terror that 
Trump is trying to rule by, there are people who just have to pick up the phone and talk to somebody because what's going on there is so odious to them. So I'm sure the leak came from somewhere in the White House. I don't know if it came from official the White House. So uh, uh, that kind of speaks to uh, this this theory that I'm uh, sort of ad hoc developing here, which is that uh, you know the power of social media and the power of this technology wave uh, around mobile in particular is is that you know we all have the capability of being able to essentially express what we know and what we think. You know, you see these videos that. Uh, yeah, I mean, everybody's walking around with a camera in their pocket, and that Parnas tape uh, is an example of, you know, the fact that government cannot be constrained uh, by this. Neither can you know political uh, strategy be constrained by it. I mean, everybody is a broadcast network. I I don't I don't remember who said it. It happened at least a decade ago. Um, Someone posted, probably in a blog, uh, um, a, a piece that went under the headline, we don't have to worry about Big Brother in the future. We have to worry about Little Brother. He'll mm-hmm. be everywhere. And I, I'm not sure that we have to worry about it uh, in the sense that, well, I actually have the same feeling about the uh, egregious nature of, uh, of Facebook, for example. I find it, uh, I think at least intellectually, I think that it's a self-regulating monopoly in the sense that uh, uh, I find myself staying away from Facebook uh, for one fundamental reason, which is that I I get trapped in it to the point where uh, an hour of my life goes away. And it's valuable because I get to see, you know, all my friends and family and understand that uh, either what's going on or uh, even better, uh, what isn't going on. You know, there's a certain safety and lack of signal, if you follow me. So, uh, but I, I just find the uh, the benefits or the... Uh, the imaginary, perhaps, uh, sweet spot of social media still uh, resonates for me. And in this case, I think we've got a situation where uh, we are being gamed, the system is being gamed by something other than the traditional forces of Republican, Democrat, Washington, uh, out in the suburbs, uh, the uh, swing states, the et cetera, et cetera. This is Don't a, leave out the GRU. What does that mean? Uh, the, you mean the Soviets? The, so- the Russians, the yeah. Former Soviets? Yes. Yeah, but uh, all I'm trying to say is, is that there's this other uh, potential uh, out there that seems to be having an impact subtly, which is just the general desire. When, when they argue that uh, the Republicans are going to be damaged by uh, not holding a fair trial. Uh, I think intellectually that makes sense, but practically, I don't think that it really was uh, in the cards until uh, this sophisticated uh, you know, lawyer by the name of John Bolton 
you know, he held his fire to the exact day, uh, you know, or two before uh, he loses all of his power, which right. is, you know, uh, Thursday. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, if he doesn't have any impact on this, then his book, uh, you know, you know, the rumors are, of course, that he's worried that he'll be blamed for uh, not telling the story of his book and that he'll suffer the economic consequences of it. But I think that there's a, there's a sense of hope, which I think is probably somewhat irrational, that comes from these series of events that appear to be random, but in fact seem to be highly structured. The... Uh... I mean, I, I, I've always felt that the, that the purpose of impeachment was simply to communicate about Trump to a wider audience, uh, to focus attention on Trump. Um, it, was, it was always a foregone conclusion that he wouldn't be convicted and removed. Uh, I think everyone knew that. Um, when, when people used to argue about whether or not to have an impeachment, that was the issue. Why have it? You're never going to remove him is pointless. But the, the point is not the outcome of the trial. The point is the dissemination of information. And uh, I think it's having an effect. We won't really know what the effect is until November or maybe January if he decides not to vacate the White House. Yeah, I, you know, I think that's uh, an overreach. But then I always have, and I've been wrong about a lot. So uh, you can't discount the possibility that he would uh, apply for a third self-imposed term. But, uh, you know, I think that it, it's not really uh, November that we're talking about here right now. It's March. We're talking what happens uh, once we clear these first four primaries. Right. And uh, uh, there was an interesting story today that uh, uh, the... Uh, DNC or whatever the uh, committee is that uh, decides on the debate formats and who can be in and what the criteria are, uh, they've opened up a third criteria for the next debate, which is February 7th, uh, just before New Hampshire. And, uh, and that is, uh, let me see if I can remember it correctly. Uh, basically, it allows somebody who uh, has gotten at least one delegate out of the uh, Iowa caucus uh, will be in the debate. So it opens the possibility, which was non-existent before, of uh, Bloomberg entering the debate. Right. right. Right now it doesn't look like Bloomberg's at the 15% viability threshold. He may be in a week, but it doesn't look like he's there now. Which, 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 the 15%? Well, in, in the caucus rules, uh, they take a, they canvass the people in, in the room and um, anyone who votes for a candidate that doesn't get at least 15% of the votes uh, has to, has to move to another table and join one of the candidates that are, that are over the threshold of viability. So, if, if Bloomberg doesn't get to 15%, he gets zero. Right. Uh, I, I'm not saying that this is something that's going to happen, but I do think that it's a, a sign that the uh, 
the powers that be in the Democratic Party are trying to figure out how to include him uh, so that he doesn't cry foul at some point. Um, well, his, um, his, his ad strategy, although I, I hear it is annoying people at some point um, because it is uh, so pervasive, but, but his uh, creative team is doing a terrific job. Um, his ads are all up on YouTube if you want to look at them. Uh, they, they are almost always two message ads. That is to say, Trump stinks, Bloomberg can get it done. Um, and the proportion of how much is Trump stinks and how much is Bloomberg can get it done varies from ad to ad. But uh, they are clear, they're powerful. You, you, you can't walk away confused about what you've just seen. And they're pretty, and they're very hard hitting. So, well, I, I've, I've been in South Carolina the last few weeks, and uh, uh, so I, I see these quite a bit because you know South Carolina is in play. Uh, even if he's not in the campaign here, he, uh, at the national level, he's he's trying to get out the uh, uh, the story, and particularly on the news channels, the cable networks. Right. But uh, I, I see this sort of crack in the uh, uh, what the wall of getting into the debates uh, as widening. I, I don't, the story is, is that they have said nothing about the next two debates following uh, uh, the New Hampshire debate, but uh, uh, that could be interpreted both ways, which is, you know, perhaps that since they wouldn't be in a caucus situation, uh, they might make a, some other kind of uh, accommodation, but either way, by the time we, uh, we get to Super Tuesday, which is only, you know, uh, March 3rd, uh, he's definitely going to be getting some delegates out of uh, some of that. They're not all winner-take-all. Right, on Super Tuesday, definitely. But also, you can expect that after the first two and then after the first four, there are going to be some dropouts. Um, well, who would you think would be dropping out? It depends uh, on who comes in last. Yeah, I, I think Klobuchar might be, uh, uh, you know, constrained. She's gotten a lot of visibility recently because of the impeachment trial, but uh, and I think she's been doing fantastic in terms of her media. Yes, and the debates, but uh, I, I think that uh, I don't see any of the people that are in right now, with the possible exception of. Uh, Tom Steyer, who has no reason to drop out, uh, dropping out. So, well, there are, sure. people, there are people running that you probably don't even think of as running, like Deval Patrick. Uh, yeah, well, I think that's, uh, uh, you know, way too little, way too late. Uh, but, uh, yeah, and there's... And, uh, my, and I think, is, is, is Hickenlooper running? Am I making that up? No, I think no. he dropped out a while okay. ago. But the other guy from... Uh, 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 Colorado, maybe uh, oh, Michael. Yeah. Right. Uh, mine went blank. But yeah, that guy. that guy. Yes, that guy. He's he's very strong. And uh, uh, what's the name of the guy who was uh, with his wife that was Republican Democrat? He was uh, on uh, Clinton's, uh, you know, well-known operative. Well, uh, Mary Madeline and. Uh, um, 
Mr. Mary, Mary Matlin, Mr. yes. Mary Matlin, well, he he was on uh, uh, a new show uh, a couple weeks ago, and he basically said that he was coming out in favor of uh, Michael. I've forgotten the name in the last ten seconds again, a handicap for him. But he thought that he was in the the best candidate out there. He's very strong in terms of his, uh, you know. Uh, sophistication in terms of uh, the impeachment situation, but uh, I, I don't see him really bubbling up. I think there are too many uh, paths that have been taken away from him. Bennett uh, is the name. Ben yes, is Michael Bennett. Thank you. So uh, I guess the the sum of this is, is that the, everything seems to be in play right now uh, with the the things that are. Uh, really dynamic coming from the impeachment uh, trial uh, and over the next week, uh, probably maximum, unless there is, in fact, uh, a, a, you know, a delay in order to get these uh, uh, depositions and, uh, and the like from Bolton and perhaps uh, uh, Biden or Hunter Biden. Uh, you know, I, I've felt for some time that uh, that Biden needs to actually stand up to this in order to be able to be a credible candidate. Uh, that you know, refusing to, to uh, be involved in this, I think he uh, he runs the risk of being protected by the Democratic uh, Party and uh, you know the old guys. Pardon the expression; I don't mean age, but just the uh, the traditional uh, Democratic the old guard. Yeah, the old guard. Is that what they mean by OG? Old guard. Is that what that stands for? No, that's original gangster. Oh well, I don't Nowadays. know what that means. What is that? An original gangster. Yeah. Um, in a way, it's it's the same thing as the old guard. Okay, good. Uh, so, you know, someone who got into the game early, as opposed to a, uh, you know, a a a, a Jane come lately. Well, I think that if, if unless uh, Biden stands up to this directly, uh, that he's going to be perceived as being a, a, a name recognition cowboy and he's not going to uh, survive uh, much past uh, uh, Super Tuesday. But, uh, you know, he's got a lot of strengths. And if he wins both of those contests, you know, the first two contests, uh, you know, some people think he's going to stroll to the nomination. I'm not one of them. He's got a lot uh, to, to to have to deal with. I think that the pain in this country around Trump is <clears throat> going to significantly drive this uh, campaign well after uh, whatever happens in Washington is uh, over and done with. It, it, it certainly has. It has from the beginning, and it, and it will until we're until we're rid of that uh, psychic tax that we're all paying. For yeah, Trump. I think the only way to get rid of that uh, that we can count on is uh, Father Time. But but the psychic the psychic tax is um, is going to be there um, because there's a faction of whom he is the most effective leader right now. But the faction doesn't disappear if he goes away. No, it's been there all along. And uh, 
another leader will rise, maybe Donnie Jr., maybe Ivanka, maybe someone that's not in his bloodline. Um, but that faction r remains and it will be heard in one form or another. Well, I think Pompeo uh, is uh, getting very, very uh, angry uh, by the media's attempt to tie him to uh, the Ukraine uh, dynamic. He, he lashed out at an NPR reporter, and I think he's I seen. I think he's seen the uh, potential for him being the inheritor of the uh, Trump mandate uh, disappearing. So, uh, I certainly hope so, but I wouldn't yeah, count on. He did. It. He did not. He did not come off uh, well in that exchange. No, but he doesn't come off well in any exchange. He is, however. Neither did Dick Cheney, but they were both very powerful people. First in his class at West Point, he did something. He, he doesn't seem very bright, but he must have something going. Well, I find it fascinating to watch him refuse to answer questions. It's, you know, his last refuge is to just be silent for like 30 seconds and then say, thank you, and leave. Right. Wouldn't that be great if if uh, our president did that? Uh, it would be, but he, 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 our president does not have the intellectual capacity to understand what he's saying. So he and he just seems to want to hear himself talk. So he will keep talking, uh, even if his sentences trail off in the middle and the topic changes. Uh, it, he seems completely unfazed by it. Well, today's there, quote there's was... There's, uh, this old I, exercise they, they, there's this old exercise they give you in, in, uh, in classrooms. You know, stand up and talk about a subject for a minute, unprepared, and go. You know, and some people get completely flustered after 10 seconds, and some people will go cogently, and some people will go regardless of whether they're cogent or not because they... They have no shame about what they're saying, and I think Trump's in that category. Well, I think I'm in all three, so, uh, you know, simultaneously. I have no idea what I'm talking about, but that doesn't stop me. Right. All right. Uh, I think all right. we'll take a look at the transcripts, see if we know what we're talking about. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty... Find out if we do. And see, see, if you, see if you get it posted before or after the events we're describing. Whether they uh, materialize, I, I yes, whether, definitely before uh, New Hampshire. If you if you get it up, you know if you get it up before, there's still some chance that we might be right. <laughs> if you get it up after, there's either a hundred or zero percent chance that we're right. Yeah, but you know that that's always true. It's always zero or a hundred, even after the fact. Well, especially after the fact. No, I mean, it, it's still true. I mean, like, uh, I had a conversation with... Uh, I, mean, I look at the weather forecast, and it says 52% chance of rain tomorrow. Uh, today, that's correct. Tomorrow, it's either zero or 100. But it, it, today, it's just uh, an opinion. And tomorrow, it's still just an opinion. And the opinion devolves or evolves to the uh, person who uh, rendered the opinion, and if our opinion or uh, what people take from this or similar conversations 
you know, uh, advances the story, then uh, we are protected from being wrong. At least I hope well, so. That's true. We'll see. All right, Michael Markman, thank you, sir. Thank you, Steve. Bye. Goodbye.